This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Friday, January 7th, and that means this is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups episode we will look at some streaming options for the weekend some long-term pickups to hopefully help out your fantasy rosters and more as i am joined by the author of the waiver wired column on nbc sports edge jonas nader and the owner of many leather-bound books steve alexander <laughs> fellas what is week 12 i mean we're practically halfway through this thing already right yeah and yeah. even in the fancy playoffs we're almost three-fourths of the way done honestly more than half more than Man. halfway it's getting to be reality check time where you probably need to stop lying to yourself if your fantasy roster is struggling at this point. You know, you, you can keep telling your sto- yourself stories all the way to ninth place, but it's time to try to stir up some trade action, I think. You know, Jared and I were talking about this the other day. We, we all can play the waiver wire, and, and it is very fun to do so. But the art of the fantasy trade is, uh, I feel like it's kind of a lost art these days. Would, would you guys agree? Like, do you guys wheel and deal as much as you'd like to? I, I don't trade at all. Like, <laughs> I, I don't remember the last time I made a fantasy hoops trade. And it's wow. not that I don't want to trade, but it's like, I think back in the day when you didn't have, you know, machines telling you everything you need to know and analyze before you do a trade, like, you were you were more like tr- making a trade where it was there was some mystery involved, and now mm-hmm. either a trade's going to be really equitable and super fair, or it's it's not. And I, I just don't think people trade very much anymore. I mean, I still get my daily low balls. Don't get me wrong; I probably get three or four low balls a day. Like, hey man, do you want Jordan Poole for your Steph Curry? It's like, no, thank you. Right. Uh, but what I found is if you don't engage the person you're trying to trade with before you send an offer, like it's not going to happen. Right. So you just got to look at their team, see what they need, see what you need, see if there's a, uh, a mutual win there. But yeah, it's, it's hard, especially with the protocols. You have guys out 10 days. Um, but yeah, trades have definitely died down this season. Uh, but one thing we could talk about, talk about on this show is what are we going to do with Kawhi Leonard? We saw the news yesterday. Yeah. I did want to talk about that off the top, and I noticed Jared Johnson added him in a couple leagues where I'm with Jared. The news there is, you know, the report from Chris Haynes of Yahoo, which you probably or may have heard by now that I believe paraphrasing this, there's optimism that Kawhi is going to play this season, right? Isn't that kind of the synopsis of this? And to me, I don't know, that really doesn't move the needle that much because I think I always thought Kawhi might show up at some point in April. And this season might just mean April, right? When your fantasy league's already decided. I don't know. I, I sure, I guess we could stash Kawhi on an IL spot if he's out there. But those are at such a premium this year with so many guys going to COVID protocols and other injuries that I just can't really see it. Where are you guys at on this? Well, I wrote the Daily Dose last night and I was like, am I going to pick Kawhi Leonard up anywhere no, because I, I'd rather write this column than go dig around and look for Kawhi Leonard. Like you said, Matt, I, I, I pretty much agree with everything you just said, Matt. Like, is he going to play like April 1st or April 5th? Like, 
you can't waste an IR spot these days with a guy with that much uncertainty. Yeah, my team has a waiting list of eight or nine players to wait in the Guan IL, so Kawhi's going to have to get in line. <laughs> right. Like, lined up at the women's bathroom at the yeah. bar on Friday night. Like, <laughs> exactly. Waiting to get in. If, if you have the luxury of having a team that's healthy and you have an open IL spot, go for it, right? I mean, there's nothing to lose in that case, but I think for yeah. a lot of us, it's just not a realistic scenario, and I think, I don't know, I just don't, realistically, what are you expecting to get? The guy's not... I'll be shocked if like he's back in February and March or something like that. Yeah. It just seems like the Clippers are still going to play this cautious, even if there is optimism he's going to make it back during the regular season. Yeah, one more note on this, too, is the Clippers don't have their first-round pick this year, so there's no reason to tank. It obviously goes to OKC. But another angle at this is Paul George, who is out with the elbow injury, they might bring him back in a realistic time frame now instead of the shutdown risk because if Kawhi is on the verge of return – you say, hey, Paul George, can you stick with it for two or three more months? Let's make a playoff run, and then we'll address the, the elbow in the offseason too. So I think this is the best news possible for Paul George. Yeah, that, that's an interesting slant of it as well. I hadn't really thought about that. So uh, now as we widen this out to the pool of players who might be available in fantasy leagues, Jonas, I didn't necessarily see the most obvious guy out there, the most obvious number one waiver ad. I mean, it's kind of a week with some interesting streaming options and just some other guys. Where, where do you want to start? Who's the first name kind of at the top of your column? Yeah, I actually haven't ranked them just yet because, like you said, it was so hard to rank them this week. Yeah. Um, I think we have to put Cam Reddish near the top if you want to start there. Sure. Who I think has been absolutely incredible. Um, he's been a ninth rounder over his last seventh game, seven games, and that's with a 10-minute outing where he left with an ankle injury early. So in that stretch, he's at 18.4 points, 2.6 rebounds, 2.1 dimes, 1.3 steals, 0.7 blocks, and 2.6 triples. Like he's getting so much run as a secondary playmaker now. He's taking guys off the dribble from the perimeter. He's flashing these Euro step finishes. Like he's been incredible. So I like what I see from Cam Reddish. I think he's a strong ad. He learned a lot from Lance Stevenson during his 10-day contract. So I'm sticking with Cam Reddish, and he's still widely available in like half leagues at least. Yeah, I like him. I've been saying for a while when all these guys got hurt or went to COVID and, and he was playing, I feel like he really gained a lot of confidence. And he really got flashes of how good he is. And he was really a good player in college and then had a letdown his last year. And then – you know, he's gotten off to a slow start to his NBA career, but even if the Hawks get healthy and everybody's back, I feel like Reddish has carved out his role for the rest of the season. So I'm with you. And I do think that's the one aspect of this that we need to watch because Bogdan Bogdanovich, as of now, is questionable for Friday. I believe John Collins is questionable for Friday. DeAndre Hunter is nearing a return. It is going to get, in theory, crowded in Atlanta again after this team was like down to the studs basically. And I don't mean the studs in a good way. <laughs> and I think DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter is sort of the key to that. Now, when he comes back, then I get a little nervous about Cam, but I, yeah. I feel like Hunter's still a little ways away. So, all right. Well, also Jonas, I think on Yekka Kongwu, another Atlanta Hawk made your list. So let's yeah. just uh, go there before we move on. Yeah, he sure did. So he's only played five games so far, and he's only averaging 21 minutes, but that's been enough for top 50 uh, value in nine cats. So he's just a lot of fun. He's at nine points, 5.2 rebounds, 1.2 dimes, 0.8 steals, and 1.5 blocks. If you look back at his permanent numbers from last year, that's completely sustainable, um, and he can, he can go even higher. Uh, I also wrote that he raises Atlanta's ceiling higher than Click Capella. Would not be surprised at all if they dumped Capella at the deadline, gave Anyeka a bigger role. 
because that opens the floor for John Collins to play some five. They have Jalen Johnson, who's who's in waiting, waiting for some minutes too. So uh, I think Anyeka, as is, is a great pickup, but he has the potential to become like a monster down the stretch if the Hawks shake up their front court because they've had an underwhelming season compared to last year, right? So something could be uh, on the horizon there, but I really like Anyeka. I think he could be top 100 as his floor with his current role. You're not wrong at all that the Hawks, a, a shakeup is definitely possible in Atlanta. I would be shocked if they moved Capella personally. So I, I'm not really banking on that scenario, but I do think what you said about a Kongwu, even in a limited minute role, he's pretty intriguing. Just to see him 22 minutes on Wednesday, 6.7 rebounds, two dimes, one steal, two blocks. I think we could see lines like that become kind of commonplace. So I'm trying to think of a comparison, like statistically, who he can be in 20 to 25 minutes. But the bottom line is he's really active when he's in there, and he's an intriguing guy if your league is somewhere deeper than really shallow. I have a comparison for you. He's Nerlens Noel with two healthy knees. It's not. That's not a bad call, actually. That's not a bad call. Yeah. He He does have more offensive skill for sure than for sure. noel like he had, yeah a kong actually has some touch and and can kind of finish these half hooks which i don't think i've ever seen Nerlens yeah. noel make but numbers wise i think that's a good call right. steve what are your thoughts i kind of agree i feel like this hawks team has been extremely disappointing even i mean they haven't been able to have everybody on healthy and on the court at the same time but they're just not as good as we thought they were going to be they don't look as good this year as they did last year and i, I think a shakeup might be coming even with Clint Capella in the middle for the Hawks, they still get dominated by opposing big men, it seems like, every night. And I, I think they're ready to try something different. And, and I think Akangu is probably going to get his official like tryout over the rest of this uh, half of the season. So I think now's a great time to go get him. Uh, by the way, just closing the book on the Hawks, I do think we're kind of at go time for the Hawks because they got called out by their GM. So just in a real-life sense, I think the Hawks are going to be fascinating to watch in the few games ahead. They play the Lakers Friday night, uh, getting their guys back. I wonder if we could see the Hawks on the verge of turning the corner, but that might just be the optimist in me. As we talk about another bench big man, actually, Brandon Clark has been trending up lately. Jonas, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, so we just got, um, we're, we're still in the middle of this five-game week. Uh, I didn't pull up the schedule, actually. I'm not sure if they play three or four games next week. Luckily, we have a guy who is really good <laughs> with the schedule right here. <laughs> we have a guy. We got a guy. Uh, three, they go three, four, three, 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 two, two uh, for the next seven weeks. That's not good. Yeah, it's, that's not ideal. I mean, he's, he's probably going to be like eighth or ninth on my list when it's all said and done, but uh, obviously Grizzlies are still a little shorthanded, uh, but Clark has made a pretty nice statement. I mean, he's 23, 25, 25, and 22 minutes in those last four. He's been double digit points in each the blocks, which he's kind of lacked since his college days. He had that monster block rate in college. He's the blocks are starting to creep up a little bit. Steals are still a little lower than where he would want them, but rebounding at a high level. And he's one of the most efficient big men in the NBA uh, apart from the free throw percentage, obviously, but yeah. If the schedule was a little bit better, he'd be way up higher in the list, but he's still getting the job done. If he's like a glue guy at the end of your roster, he's he's fine as a pickup. But yeah, schedule kind of, eh, you know. I'm, I don't think the schedule ruins ruins him by any stretch because those three-game weeks, there's a lot of teams playing three games. And right. yeah. I've been rolling Brandon Clark a lot in DFS. That's the thing. Like Matt and I were talking about this on Monday how in the world in a five-game Memphis week was Clark only rostered in 26% of leagues? Like, I just couldn't believe that. So I've I've picked him up, and I've been been rolling him a lot in DFS. I've been really happy with him 
I, I feel like he's played really well for the last 10 days. Yeah, he's a 10th rounder in his last four games in 23 minutes. Yeah, and his last four games, 11.8 points, 7.3 rebounds, 1.5 blocks. Uh, Jonas, again, this is the waiver wire podcast with 10 different roads at every juncture, right? <laughs> like there's no obvious next step. So I'll just throw this name at you because I'm, I've noticed his last two games. I know you noticed his last couple games. Furkan Korkmaz of the Sixers is playing really well. The Sixers uh, roster, as every roster is, is kind of in flux. Guys coming in, guys returning, guys going out. So does Korkmaz have shelf life for the weekend? Um, I would say yes. I think he has a two, three game window for a little bit more value, but I'm not prioritizing him because he's just a short term option. But yeah, I mean, against the Spurs and Houston Rockets coming up and Charlotte Hornets and even Boston Celtics, who's, whose defense has been lacking, like this is a nice little schedule for Korkmaz. Tyrese Maxey is still in the protocols. Right. Uh, Danny Green is posting Tony Snell lines these days. He's kind of he's kind of cooked. Uh, I like Korkmaz. 22 points over his last two games, a total of seven triples. He's actually rebounding the ball well, too. So. Yeah, you can't go wrong here as a short-term streamer, but just don't drop anyone you're going to miss, obviously. It's funny. I, I was playing with a DFS lineup this morning. I saw Furky Korkmaz, and I was like, oh, man, he's hot. And I, I feel like Matt the other day was like, oh, I just feel like Malik Monk is is just setting me up to let me down. And that's sort of where I am with Korkmaz. Like, every time he has a run like this and everybody gets excited about it, he just disappears and falls off the face of the earth and – I don't really trust him enough to throw him in my incredibly valuable $5 Friday five-man <laughs> FanDuel matchup. Uh, but would I add him to my regular fantasy roster right now? I probably would and, and let it roll for as long as he can stay hot. Sixers go 4-4-3-4 four, four, four over the next four. I think maybe so. It looks like they might be getting Matisse Thibel back Friday. At least last I checked, they could be. Tyrese Maxey, though, we think could still be out Friday. So maybe it's just as simple as if Maxey's still out, Korkmaz should get enough playing time. So as a Friday night streamer, I would check back on the Sixers' status is on NBC Sports Edge, but Korkmaz, as we said, could have a little more left. Uh, meanwhile, Patrick Beverly is still under that 40% threshold, Jonas, which echoing Steve sentiment about Brandon Clark, but taking it up a notch. I'm a little shocked that Beverly, is this just people being annoyed by Beverly? Like, how do you explain this? Just all of his annoying behavior over there? Cause he is playing extremely well. Yeah. I think it's just pure hatred. Uh, people do not like Patrick Beverly. I mean, look, I get it. I actually kind of like him. I think he's a fun player to watch. Yeah. He's kind of growing on me. I'll have yeah. some thoughts on that in a minute. I love when he uh, smashes the floor with his hands in front of defenders and then just blown by. But other than that, a ninth rounder on the season, like, this is crazy how available he is. And that's in 26 minutes. Um, I threw out this stat up like three weeks ago, but the Timberwolves starting lineup since they added Jared Vanderbilt is the best in the entire NBA. Like that includes Beverly next to Russell. And to Russell's credit, Russell's defense has been pretty good this year too. So uh, the Wolves have something there. They have a better a better bench. Like they could get some wins in the playoffs. And I don't think that's a hot take anymore. Like they're actually pretty good. But yeah, Beverly, probably the most underrated point guard in fantasy this year. I mean, where else are you going to get one steal and a block from a point guard? Yeah. Uh, maybe DeJounte Murray. That's about it, right? Yeah, and he's hitting, tri he's hitting triples too. So mm -hmm. uh, I think had he not gotten injured and, and missed that time, I think he'd be rostered in a lot more leagues. I think people are just slow getting back to Beverly because, I mean, Beverly, it's like, oh, Beverly's coming back tonight. I don't think anybody's like running to their computer and like, oh man, I got to pick up Patrick <laughs> Beverly. But then you see 
you see him play a couple games, you're like, then you remember how effective he is for that team. So, man, my these ads keep popping into my headphones and blowing me up, and it's <laughs> driving me nuts. Anyway, I like Beverly. I was gonna take a look at the Minnesota schedule, three, three, four, three. So not great, but again. Lots of teams play three times. Yeah, not great, but not out of the ordinary. Beverly's last four games, 13.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 7.5 assists, 1.8 steals, 1.0 blocks, 2.3 three-pointers. And to the point of him, you know, likable or not, I was watching the Wolves game the other night, and he hit a three, and D'Angelo Russell, like, playfully shoved him and Beverly went like flopping to the ground as though he was like drawing an offensive foul and everyone was having a great time and the broadcasters are talking about how much everyone loves Beverly I'm like what is going on here I I guess he probably (laughs) is the quintessential guy who you love having on your team and is truly the most annoying guy to play against in the world uh yeah he's the guy you want to play with and you really don't ever want to play against right he may he may buckle your knee Protocols, protocols, protocols. Rudy Gobert is in the protocols. Hassan Whiteside has a huge opportunity in front of him, but he is questionable himself Friday, Jonas. So where are we with Whiteside as of early Friday afternoon? Yeah, I think he's actually going to play. The questionable tag means he's basically cleared the – I think he had a concussion. He cleared the concussion protocols. Uh, I think he's going to play. They did sign uh, Norvell Pell, who has a really good block rate. We've seen him in limited stints with the Nets and 76ers before. So keep an eye on him in case Whiteside isn't cleared. But if Whiteside does get the run tonight, everyone knows. We always say Chris Boucher, when he was on the waiver wire, there's not another player with as much upside as him. Well, right. it's Whiteside, right? Whiteside is up there with him. Uh, we've seen him put up triple doubles with blocks back in his heyday. So uh, a fantastic permanent player. You can talk all you want about his off-court antics, all that good stuff. Uh, chasing stats and all that. We love that, right? We love players who sure. chase stats, like the DeMarcus Cousins. Remember that, those days? Whew. But yeah, Whiteside could get you 16 and 16 and two to three blocks tonight, and then maybe for the week. I think Gobert's... Do we have an official timetable on Gobert? Do you guys know? I think it's at least a week, right? I'm going to double check, but Steve, continue. I I don't know, but does Utah have enough players to play this game tonight? I mean, if you look at the their injury report, it looks like the Hawks... You know, from 10 days ago. Last I checked, they had 10. Based on if it's the Hawks, you have to play. But if you're other teams, you get to postpone yeah. it. So that's that's a fun <laughs> thing right there. Um, yeah, Whiteside, per 36 this season, 18.7 points, 15.7 rebounds, 3.1 blocks. He really is and has been for the last couple of seasons, going back to last year, just the guy who, if all breaks right, if he gets his break, like his team does not want to play him big minutes. But if for some reason he did... In those cases, he is still a fantasy monster, I think, in waiting, like you said, Jonas. This is not true of Maxi Kleba, but Kristaps Porzingis is in the protocols, and Kleba has a, also has an interesting short-term opportunity in front of him. Yeah, so I, I would imagine Porzingis is out for the entire week. And so uh, if you go to NBA.com and you go to this tab called Player Impact, you can see how well a player does without that player on the court. So Kleber's per 36 line does a 400-minute sample size without Porzingis, and he's at uh, 10.5 points, nine rebounds, one and a half dimes, 0.5 steals, 1.3 blocks, and 2.2 triples. Uh, with those peripheral stats, those are basically top 75 numbers. Uh, and you're getting a week of streaming value out of him. I think he's a great pickup this week. I would like to think that, but he really uh, scared me the other night when he went, what was that line, like two of 11 Mm-hmm. Or something like two just, points, ten rebounds, two assists with a block, and yeah, it was poor shooting. What was it? 
one for nine or I'd have double one of 11. It was something bad. And I was like, man, that was, that was the game when a lot of people rolled with him in DFS because Chris Tapps was out. Now, generally when Chris Tapps is out, like Jonas said, Clay is good. And like, he should be fine. He should roll as long as Porzingis is out. But that last game is going to scare some people away. It's got me a little, a little gun shy, but um, I get it. I mean, he should go off without Porzingis. To that point, I feel like I've literally never successfully had a good Maxi Kleba game in a fantasy lineup. I know they've happened. I've heard tell of them <laughs> happening, but I've just accepted that it's something that happens occasionally for other people and not for me. Yeah, that so, might be where I am. Where are we with Lance Stevenson? Because this has been talked about. I think you guys talked about this yesterday, but what what happened the other night? 30 points with four three-pointers off the bench. Now playing for the Pacers, again playing for the Pacers. I personally need to see this again, Jonas, but where are you with Born Ready? Yeah, I mean, he had 20 points in the first quarter, and he was, like, doing the gallop in front of Kyrie Irving. Like, he was so full of himself. (laughs) Uh, But I'm weirdly intrigued uh, on Lance Stevenson because if you watch the Pacers this year, like, they're already making vacation plans. Like, they're all checked out mentally. Uh, They hate their lives. They want to be traded. Uh, Lance is the only player I've seen play with Everett this season. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you still have five, six guys in the protocols. Levert's out. Uh, Chris Duarte's out. Uh, I like Lance, the short-term streamer here. And, guys, if they blow up their roster at the deadline, like, we could be getting full workloads of Lance the rest of the season. That would be a lot of fun, too, right? Wow. He's actually a pretty good fantasy player. What was so crazy about that night is it was all about Kyrie Irving. And then Lance got hot right when they put him in the game. Like, he banged the three immediately. And the crowd, you know, he he played in Indiana four, four or five years ago. And, and people liked him in Indiana. So the, the crowd was into it. He was into it. It was his first game as a Pacer. And he scores 20 points in the first quarter. No Pacer had ever done that in history. So Lance <laughs> is the only guy that's ever scored 20 points in the first quarter of a Pacer game. And then he finished, I think, with 30, which was a career high for him as a Pacer. And, uh, you know, when he, he he hit like that third three in a row and the guys on the bench, like everybody's playing the <laughs> guitar and they're all holding each other. Like it was so fun to watch. And my buddy Keelan lives in Indianapolis and he, we're texting each other. I'm like, are you watching this born ready thing happen? And he's like, yeah, I also got him in my FanDuel lineup against you tonight. And I'm like, what? Why would you play Lance Stevenson in FanDuel on his first game back? So wow. anyway, it's super fun. And when Raf uh, and I were talking about it yesterday, Raf was like, why not? Like pick him up, throw him on your roster and see where we are in a week. Which I'm kind of there too, man. Like Jonas said, he's he seems to be the only pacer uh, that truly cares about basketball right now. So get him and throw him in your lineup, and let's see where we are uh, a week from now. Indy goes three four 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 for the next month. Steve, that's the most excited I've heard you about a player in a hot minute, and I love that it was Lance Stevenson that did yeah, that. The most excited I've been about a player in a minute. Pumped up this season pretty well. Steve's getting a – I smell a, a Stevenson jersey. If only Luca could bring home this free throw thing for you, Steve, you'd have a, a Lance – a born ready maybe coming your way. We probably need to take a look at Luca's free throw shooting. I haven't looked – I am I'm actually – I said on Twitter yesterday that Luke and I are having a – maybe having a falling out right now. (laughs) All right. You take a minute and do that while we take a very quick break. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Subscribe to NBC Sports Edge Plus and get every tool for every game. Fantasy, DFS, and betting premium tools are all included in one subscription at one low price. You can subscribe monthly or save 20% on an annual subscription. We have made it easier than ever with more tools than ever to play and wager with confidence with NBC Sports Edge Plus. Also, we are entering the last week of the NFL regular season and the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet has you covered with Sunday Night 7. We are giving you a shot to win 1 million on Sunday night. It is free and easy to play. So predict what will happen between the Chargers and Raiders for a chance to win. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. The Chargers and Raiders, by the way, the winner of that game is in the losers out. I don't know if you heard. Perhaps, perhaps you've heard. But we're not here to talk about football. We did you learn anything, Steve, about Luca? There, did you do your homework? Well, first of all, your reading of the promos is is stellar, and I'm a little jealous of it because I have to do those now on Thursday. And by the time I get to the end of one of them, it sounds like I've got I'm gargling water while I'm trying to talk at the same time, and it's it's just it's really it's not as easy as you make it seem. Oh, thank you. That's great. Secondly, Luca's at seventy one point three percent. I don't think there's enough time left in the season for him to get me. I don't even know what the what the wager was, if there was one. We didn't even set a number, but we I think we can both agree that's below. That's a loser right there. <laughs> we didn't even set a number. We just yeah. kept saying we were going to do it, and we didn't. It's always 75%, I think. Yeah. You know it when you see it. He's not there. Jonas, we're going to go quick hits down the stretch here. Where do you want to take it? Dealer's choice again here. Um, I'm going to go with C.D. Osman because Cavaliers just signed Rajon Rondo, who is absolutely garbage. He's 46 years old. He brings nothing to the table anymore. I like Osman a lot. He's he's. I just looked. He's available in 90% of leagues right now. Sure and I actually is. did the player impact thing with him. And I'm very excited. With with Rubio off the court, uh, and remember, Okoro's out for a couple weeks too. Osman's per 36 line is 20 points, 3.4 assists. 3.4 rebounds, 1.9 steals, and 3.7 triples. Where else are you going to find that in waiver wire right now? That's insane. Uh, remember, with Rubio out, that's a ton of ball handling, and Osman is literally the only other player, apart from Darius Garland, that can hold that ball in Cleveland too. So 
A priority ad widely available. I mean, what can go wrong? What can go wrong, Steve? <laughs> uh, much like your experience with, I don't even remember who it was. I, I've never had, yeah, with Maxi. <laughs> I've never had Chetty in one of my lineups where he went ballistic and, and actually did something something good. And you're rattling off those numbers, Jonas, and I was like, that's where I am with Chetty. Like I, I can't. I don't even look at his lines anymore. Like I'm like, because I know he'll get hot and I'll pick him up and throw him in a lineup, and then he'll go one for eleven. And you know that Chetty Osman pill. Uh, I've read. I've read places that it's it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. So <laughs> I I don't think I can do it. But then again, man, I mean, if he's healthy and playing in this climate. Like you said, where else are you going to find find that those kind of Remember, numbers? They have pancakes right now, Doc. They have pancakes at Point Guard right now, as you said last week. So, dude, I, when Ralph and I were talking about pan, Kevin Pangos the first time, and we had never talked about Pangos before, and I called him Kevin Pancakes uh, <laughs> before we even said the word Pangos, and Ralph just kind of lost it. It was, it was <laughs> awesome. But uh, Cleveland does play four times this coming week, and and uh, you know. Darius Garland's back, thank goodness. But yeah. you're right, Chetty. Chetty with four game week, I might, I might roll the dice on that. I mean, they have no one else, no one else on the wings right now. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Butler is out for the Heat, and we have not, as of this moment, early Friday afternoon, gotten word on his status with that ankle injury heading into the weekend. But he was out Wednesday. Jonas, let's say Jimmy Butler is out. They play Friday, I presume. I'm going to double check that. But while I do that, what, what's your outlook for this weekend? And what's the impact off the waiver wire if Butler is indeed out and they don't play Friday? They play Saturday, I'm guessing. But carry on. Yeah. And also, Tyler Harrell might, may get one. I think it's just a one-game suspension coming for Tyler Harrell. He had the softest push I've ever seen on Nurkic. Nurkic sold it really well because Harrell cannot move uh, a coffee mug. So that was really hard to watch. Nurkic went down like Patrick Beverly when D'Angelo yeah. Russell playfully shoved him, I'm imagining. Right. And then someone posted on Twitter, Harold's, uh, he had like a boxing video where someone said he looked like a, a GTA civilian punching. So that was really funny too. I'll, I'll include that in the waiver wire column. But yeah, Harold, what are you doing, son? Don't mess with Nurkic. Like, that's not a fight you want. Uh, but yeah, Struss may get a game without Harold and may get a couple games without Jimmy Butler too. So probably looking at a 25% plus usage rate. And his per 36 line, again, the player impact here is 20 points, seven rebounds, 1.9 dimes, and 4.1 triples with those two guys off the court. So monster per minute guy. He loves the summer league, but he's going to treat the NBA like a summer league too because there's 200 players in the protocols and G League players everywhere. So Struss is going to have a big few games here. I also like Caleb Martin, by the way, but to a lesser degree. Yeah, I'm to the point where anytime, if Jimmy Butler's not playing, I'm going to roll with Max Struess. So... I think you guys covered it pretty sufficiently. He's a baller. Also, that Nurkic uh, and Hero fight, if you want to call it that. I don't know if Hero is going to get a game for that. That was the push was like my. It was like my twelve-year-old son pushing his sixteen-year-old daughter in the back. Like, yeah, she's going to turn around and be like, "What are you doing, you little, yeah, you know, whatever?" And then she's going to go put her open palm in his face and <laughs> smash his head into the refrigerator, and it's going to be over. That's sort of what we were dealing with there. I, I don't know if it's a suspendable act or not. It was set up like the Nikola Jokic Markeith thing, except it was very different than that. And also, yeah. Nurkic is on a roll right now because he is the one that took Trey Young out and 
planted him on the floor, hurt Trey's yeah. back, really hurt Trey's entire body. And then Nurkic kind of looked at Trey and was like, yeah, basically <laughs> kicked him while he was on the ground. Like stepped over him awkwardly and was like, whatever. And then he that pick that he set on Tyler Harrow, I mean, it was probably legal and Harrow didn't like it. But man, it was bone crushing. Nurkic is out there beating some people up right now. Yeah, Nurkic is definitely getting a game, though. He swung at Harrow. Yeah. If, well, I don't know. By the way, yeah. Steve, when your daughter and your son, when that fight breaks out, I, I just want to know what are you doing during that? Are you just kind of letting it happen? This morning, it was her job to take him to school because they were on a two-hour weather delay. I am, of course, sleeping because I go to bed at like 6 o'clock in the morning. I hear this kid screaming bloody murder down there. And I'm like, what is going on? I run down there. I, I like envision like some intruder has come in and is like going to hurt my son. And my daughter standing outside of his bedroom like this. And I was like, what is going on? And he's like, she ripped the covers off my bed. <laughs> and I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs. It was it was terrible. Uh, by the way, as for Struess and Caleb Martin, Struess in that last game without Butler, 26 points, six rebounds, five times, seven threes. Caleb Martin, his last four, 14 points per game, six rebounds per game, 1.3 steals, 1.5 threes in 36 minutes. He's been playing a ton and was getting 30-plus minutes even before Butler got hurt. So as you said, Jonas, he's interesting as well. We are now at about 35 minutes into this or 30-plus minutes. So we're going to have to streamline some of these names out of this. Jonas, what names do you feel like we absolutely have to mention before we go? Um, I'm going to mention real quick, Lonnie Walker, because the Spurs are missing literally their entire backcourt except for DeJounte. Uh, Lonnie Walker, not a good fancy player, but his competition right now is Bryn Forbes. Uh, and I got to add one more, Nasir Little. Larry Nance mm -hmm. is out. Damian Lillard's on shutdown watch. Blazers are reeling. Little checks every box on the stat sheet. Uh, 16 points, 7 rebounds, 2.5 dimes, 0.5 steals, 0.5 blocks, and 3 triples in his last two. And Damian Jones with Rashawn Holmes out is very interesting in Sacramento as well. Can do a little bit of everything for a big man. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all I really got. And Jalen Smith, if Aiden uh, misses more time in the protocols. Uh, I know they're rostered in a lot of leagues, and that's why we're not talking about them here. But I think Herbert Jones needs to be on every roster everywhere. And he's like 60% now. Yeah, yeah. And then Anthony Simons looks like he might end up being the waiver wire pickup of the, of the year. If, if Dame is shut down and if CJ McCollum doesn't come back. So, and, and Portland, you're talking about Nasir little, who I also love Jonas. I've, I've picked him up in a mm -hmm. lot of places. Portland goes uh, three times next week, but then they go four, four, four. I think they're the, them and the Chicago bulls, actually the bulls. Are there any bulls on your list, Jonas? Because, just uh, just Kobe White. Kobe White. Well, the Bulls go four, 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 four. Like they play four games every week for the next month and a half. So if you right. can grab Kobe White or maybe somebody else uh, from the Bulls, that's not a yeah. bad idea. White is 42% rostered, so he just missed the, the cut line for me. But he's he's definitely on the pickup radar if he's available with no Crusoe. So as for Nasir Little, I, I'm with you guys. I like him as a pickup. Mm -hmm. Just Let's just say the, the game he had against the Hawks, 22 points, nine rebounds, four trays. That's an Atlanta Hawks-induced <laughs> stat line. Four threes, I think a guy below 30% on threes. So take that one with a grain of salt, but Little is still a good pickup. A couple other names I just want to throw out there, which I think is going to make the column at least one of these guys. Jordan Nawara, Jonas, yeah. is going to make it for yeah. you, right? Yeah, I mean, Bucks have three of their top shooting guards, apart from Middleton, in the protocols, too. Actually, DiVincenzo is hurt with an ankle. He's out for several weeks. 
Grayson Allen's in the protocols. Connaughton's in the protocols. Noir can play one, two, and three, so he's going to get run. Whenever the Bucks sit one of their studs, and they do that often, uh, Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, they're all going to get random rest days because that's how Budenholzer rolls. So Nawara, over the next two, three weeks, he's going to have a long leash off that bench for Milwaukee and may get some starts too. So like him quite a bit, and he's widely available. And I believe a back-to-back set on Friday and Saturday of this weekend for the Bucks. Right. If you if you're hearing this on Friday. In Orlando, the Magic are still giving Gary Harris all he can handle in terms of minutes, and his production is pretty decent. He's 36% rostered. We know the wheels are going to fall off at some point, but for now, I think he's pretty playable. And when the wheels do fall off for Gary Harris and others in Orlando, don't forget about Chumo Okiki, who is back after a five-game protocols absence, had two steals and two threes in his first game back. He was absolutely destroying box scores for a minute there while the Magic were super shorthanded. So he is another guy who I think... We'll have another stretch where he is just lighting up box scores, and it was great to see him able to do that because early in the season, he really wasn't doing those Chumo Kiki things. So that's another guy I'm stashing, or at least is on a watch list for me. Yeah, the only other name I didn't hear today was KJ Martin for the Rockets. Starting to get more run. Christian Wood's out of there, right? He's going to get moved before the trade deadline. He's had it. He's already had three or four off-court incidents. uh, I should say on-court incidents where he just blows up in front of his assistant coach. Uh, Something's got to give there. They want to give Sangun more run. So yes, KJ Martin is going to play a ton next to Sangoon down the stretch. Was a silly season here last year, and it's going to be the same thing this year. Just a couple more for me. Kevin Herter had a huge game against the Kings on Wednesday. He is still sub 40% roster. But as we said earlier, the Hawks are getting healthier. So I think whatever it was for Herter, 25, 11, and 5, uh, it may be a long time before we see another one of those. But he looked really good in that game and should still have a pretty good role for the Hawks, even if it's off the bench. And the only other name I'm throwing out there is Talon Horton Tucker is coming off a really good game himself. 19 points, four rebounds, six times, two steals, one triple, 14% rostered. He plays the Atlanta Hawks on Friday. So I'm not saying must play or anything like that, must pick up, must stream. It could go badly, but it's the right matchup for a guy like THT who is wildly inconsistent. A random perimeter play, random perimeter players do light up the Hawks. So that's my possibility for Friday night. Two games next week, though, for the Lakers. The only team with two games. That's the only bad news. Terrible idea. I think, Matt, I think I'm going to go throw THT into my my $5 Friday lineup. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. (laughs) I cannot wait to get the text message from you later giving me grief about THT when he has like eight points and three rebounds. I'm really looking forward to that. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be a good time. Hey. Steve, before you put THT into your $5 Friday lineup, could you let me know if we have any viewer questions we need to get to real quick? Uh, well, this there's one in here that really cracked me up, and it's probably not a good idea for me to even do this, but I'm going to do it. What do you think about the Cleveland Browns, Matt? <laughs> I love. Uh, I always loved when I would do my chats and guys would show up thinking it was a football Q&A, and it was really a <laughs> basketball. And, and I would actually answer a lot of the – football questions anyway because it's just funny but yeah i I think it's it's time to explore you know what's what the future is at quarterback you know i think we've seen that baker mayfield really isn't the guy to elevate this team that pittsburgh game was almost unwatchable i mean it's tough out there the quarterback landscape is bleak i don't know i don't know what you can really do you know are they really going to go into a full rebuild at this point and and start over there Okay, sorry, we're moving on. Okay. Yeah, we're moving on to Dr. G. Uh, this is, I love the, Oh, your burner. It's your burner account again. Okay, I so love go ahead, Steve. I loved writing this note so much because the dude traded Kyrie Irving and Harrison Barnes 
to the guy that cut Kyrie Irving originally. Oh, wow. And then he got back Anthony Simons and Chris Middleton. Like that is just a win, win, win all the way around. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Now, see, if I can make trades like that, I I would trade a lot more. But you don't know unless you try, Steve. You have to try. (laughs) That's, that's actually a good point. I mean, wow, that's a lot of value back. It feels like a lot of value back for Kyrie. And the fact that the guy dropped Kyrie and then gave him all that to get him back. And like halftime, Kyrie's not going to play at home. I, I can't. I can't believe he pulled that off. Um, Shed Shedad, Zihadad, one hundred one. Okay, you can read it. I read. I decode names for Steve. Steve seems to be incapable of reading a username. Dude, I can't see. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do we got? Melton Thibel or Herb Jones? Who you want? I'm thinking Melton and Herb Jones right next to each other. I have them both in that top 90 range because steals, blocks, uh, rebounds, and assists. I mean, Melton didn't shoot the ball well last night. He still almost had a triple-double, it looked like, too, So in limited minutes, too. So I like Melton and Herb Jones both as top 90 guys. And I think, Tibble, if you're not looking for steals and blocks, like you can do better, right? He's just so empty elsewhere. Yeah, Herb is the number one guy for me on that list, for sure. Herb is number one in my book, too. And I used to have a dachshund named Herb in college. Just put the record show. <laughs> 13 steals, six blocks for Herb the last four games. And it's 13 steals, nine blocks the last five games. The guy is just a machine. Nutty. Z Haddad 101 is back. Would you trade yes. Julius Randle for Clint Capella? Yes. No, I wouldn't. Jonas is down on Capella. Jonas already has Capella out of town, leaving Atlanta. Yeah, he's looking over his shoulder at Anieko. Yeah. For me, yes, Capella. We have to avert our eyes when he shoots a free throw, but he doesn't get there that often. And the blocks, Capella's blocks to me are the most valuable single category involved in that trade. So count me in. I'm also a Hawks homer. So Randall's been weird, man. And, and, and his knee is kind of messed up and his stat lines are kind of messed up. And. I think I read something that he got into it with the New York crowd last night. Evan Fournier, by the way, went nuts, had 41 points. You know, Fournier has three 30-point games this season, and all three of them are against the Boston Celtics, who he played for <laughs> last year. Wow. Like, how messed up is that? And Randall, I guess the crowd was booing at some point during the game, and I think he gave him the old uh, thumbs down if I, if I read that report correctly. So – Things are weird with Julius Randle right now. I, I think things are also a little weird for Capella, too. But Capella, to, to me, is more reliable. Like he goes out there every night, gets 15 and 10 or, and a couple blocks. So I'm leaning Capella right now. But it, it does make me nervous. Let's see. We got uh, this one and then maybe one more after that. But it's, okay. it's long. But we can just cut to the nuts and bolts. Vando Beverly or Lou Dort, who would you drop in a points league? This is Chimera's malice. I mean, we don't know the settings of your points league, obviously, so that's a little tricky. Yeah, I'm going to say Dort because if you look back at last last year, he was healthy and he kept setting, sitting every other game because the Thunder, when it gets to the second half of the season, they're eyeing this, the bottom of the standings. They want that high pick. Their end game is getting a top pick in this year's draft and next based on their collection of picks too. So Dort is going to be sitting a ton down the stretch, so he is my pick. And I love Vando. I think Vando's a beast. And if your points league is one that you know gives you an extra boost for defensive stats, Dort is definitely the weakest of the three in that department. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay. Probably the best scorer though. So <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say Dort's the best scorer out of that group. And do we, I, I do we know what Oklahoma City's gonna do this season compared to last season? I mean, they're, you're probably right, Jonas. But uh, yeah, the best and worst thing about a points league is you can do the math. Like, look at these guys the last month, or or isolate some periods, do the math, and look at the points totals. You know, and that's what makes it so difficult to. I find it kind of like annoying for trades and points league I, i've never loved that aspect of points leagues but it does make it quite a bit easier to evaluate guys i think than when you're looking at you know vanderbilt six points eight rebounds versus dort's 16 points and four rebounds you know so you could just multiply it out all right last one brian and he he begged us to answer this question it's kind of long he, he lists his entire roster but the nuts and bolts at the end of it he's in fifth place uh, 10 team league. Do I keep both Kyrie Irving and Kawhi Leonard right now? That's a really interesting question because you've got a part time player in Kyrie, and now you've got this Kawhi. I'm going to call it a rumor that maybe he'll play at the end of the season. What do you guys yeah. think? I would lean towards yes because he's in, he's in the top half of his standing, so he he's allowed to have that luxury. Hmm. I don't think that. Kawhi is a must keep and it, it all comes down to can he occupy an IR spot or an IL spot for Kawhi right. but I don't think you can drop Kyrie at this point I mean he's he's you know we can debate how valuable it is to guys have a guy who's playing in half the games but he's potentially a first round player in half of the games he plays in but like, all yeah. the games he plays in you know what I mean right. and at least right. you know like he's still, he's on the the schedule like half the league you know, getting days off here and there and everywhere, but at least you know when those days are coming. There will not be any surprises. He's going to play on the road. Yeah, He's not right. going to play at home. And the other thing, in looking at, at Brian's roster, he does have beef stew on that roster. And honestly, that team could probably live without beef stew uh, if you had to, if you had to pick somebody to cut. Yeah. Stewart's been terrible. I'm cutting Kawhi before I cut beef stew. I still think some some great things can happen for Isaiah Stewart once the season just spirals even more into ridiculousness for Detroit. Well, that's the, it's crazy that we're not even near silly season yet, and we've been in the middle of a silly season for like yeah. a month. So, yeah. Yep. All right, that is going to do it for us. A reminder to subscribe to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We'll be back on Monday with some takeaways from the weekend and some updated waiver wire pickups. In the meantime, thanks to Jonas's column on NBC Sports Edge. And I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live. Thanks to those of you who weighed in with some questions. Jonas, Steve, thank you both. Enjoy your weekend. I shall see you next week. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thanks, guys. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.